Good morning, good morning. Roberto here from The Expeditioners, coming to you from Whistler, British Columbia. And I'm very excited um, that I've got a very big trip coming up in just a few days. I'm heading off to Tanzania in Africa. Uh, I'll be trekking Kilimanjaro, guiding a group uh, with my friend Andrew from High Mountain Life. And then we'll be going on an epic park safari. But it feels great to once again be traveling. Um, I, I believe it was Denmark the other day that said, you know, we are over and done uh, with Omicron and COVID. So all everything is going back to normal there, or so they say. So anyways, today I'm going to be chatting to you a little bit about the very contaminated, unfortunately, places that we find on our travels around the world um, and referencing it to the oceanic garbage patches that we've that that you must have heard of uh, already. There's there's massive patches the size of states uh, off the coast of uh, Hawaii, and there's two. There's the Pacific. I'll, I'll go into the details in a moment. But but there's these massive um, swirling garbage patches, and reality is that as uh, as we go on a lot of our adventures, um, we look out for the most desolate places and little islands and Belize and and places as such. And unfortunately, we always, always uh, find garbage, microplastics, and whatnot. Uh, I used to be a big scuba diver as well, and uh, and I've seen the, the ocean change over my time. You know, uh, in the last fifteen years, in the early dives, I, I remember we would see a myriad of color on the corals and the coral reefs that we would explore, um, and and a plentitude of fish. And uh, and to be honest, over the years, we saw the corals get bleached and, and go white. We've seen um, almost every single dive in the Caribbean. Uh, I'll be seeing microplastics floating around the water. Um, and, and it's very, very disturbing. Um, but it's a reality uh, of our planet. So so going to chat to you a little bit about it. And at least by being more aware, the idea is that we can all change our patterns uh, in order to help this uh, this catastrophic uh, event of pollution and contamination that is ongoing due to humanity. Now, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a collection of marine debris in the North Pacific Ocean. It's also known as the Pacific Trash Vortex. That's because of the way that the, the currents move. The Garbage Patch is actually two distinct collections of debris that's bounded by the massive North Pacific Tropical Gyre. gyre. Um, it's it's when you see images of of the garbage floating, uh, it's disturbing because it's almost like you're looking at a piece of land um, that's floating around and moving with the oceanic tides um, because there's so much garbage. Um, it sits near the surface of the ocean, so the majority of the stuff just goes to the top because so much of what we throw in the ocean is plastic, right? Dense debris can sink, sink centimeters or even several meters beneath. Uh, the surface, making the vortex uh, certain areas nearly impossible to measure because it goes down so deep that they can't, uh, and they're so far away, and you could be kilometers and kilometers and kilometers away that to go in at each section and measure how deep the garbage really has gone uh, is very difficult. Now, one thing that uh, that that is very specific to uh, the oceanic garbage patch is that we can see it, right? We can see it from the sky. We can see it from boats. Um, but I think there's a lot of garbage, uh, massive quantities that we don't see that the currents take to the very bottom of the ocean. And that's for the objects that are much heavier and, and solids. And, and this is a very scary thing because 
if we're scared or if we're at least aware of, of what's happening, what's floating on the ocean, imagine all the things that are not floating on the ocean. And I'm not sure where, where it was, but uh, somebody sent uh, a submarine deep, deep down uh, into the, the recesses of the ocean. And they discovered that, that at the very bottom, you know, miles and miles and miles down, something which is, uh, you know, incredibly deep, they were discovering garbage and massive amounts of it. So how, how sad is it that, that we're not only polluting the top, but also the bottom of the ocean? Now, obviously, this is important because, A, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're killing marine life because so much marine life relies on the ocean and it eats the microplastics, eats the bigger plastics, uh, the fish as well, the turtles as well, the whales, um, the mammals in, in, in the ocean. These, these sea creatures um, all rely on, on the ocean to live. So now... Now they've got these plastics going in and all and, uh, and about and into their systems. And I find the irony of it all is also that as a, as a species, we, we love our sushi, we love our fish, we love our tuna, we love our salmon. And yet the ocean is where they live and that's where we throw all our garbage. So inadvertently, you know, it's a direct correlation that the more we hurt the ocean, the more we hurt ourselves because we are the biggest consumers obviously, of the food that comes from the ocean. Now, one of the things that's really particularly about, uh, about the ocean is that it breaks down plastics, but it only breaks them down to like their, their base size. You know, in many plastics, um, whether, whether you're looking at a, a barrel, a drum, uh, a plastic container, um, the way that they mold these is that they melt the plastic, which they start off with beads being little beads and, and they melt it and they put it into a mold. And then that's how you get your, your, your container or, or your, or whatnot. So by, but what, when, when the ocean takes these uh, things into it, uh, you know, well, it takes it into it. You know, when people throw their garbage into the ocean, uh, the ocean breaks down these plastics back to their uh, tiny form called microplastics. And, these microplastics obviously go, the, the fish eat them, the whales eat them, uh, the seagulls eat them, the birds eat them, the marine life, the turtles. And obviously, imagine if you were consuming tons of microplastics on a daily basis, you wouldn't be that healthy. So we're gradually, gradually killing off uh, so many species in the ocean. Um, so obviously, plastic isn't biodegradable, so it will never disintegrate. It just breaks down into tinier and tinier pieces. Um, Microplastics of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch can simply make the water look like a cloudy soup. Isn't that delightful? That's absolutely horrifying. Um, and, and in our adventures, you know, uh, a lot of the beaches that we explore now, unless they're cleaned up on a daily basis, whether it be by a resort or whether it be by locals or whether it be by the person that lives in front of that section of beach, so much of it has garbage. We spend a lot of time uh, in the Caribbean, in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. And uh, the states uh, particularly are called Quintana Roo and, and Yucatan. Um, Yucatan State, not just the Yucatan area. And, uh, and Tulum, for example. And these beaches are spectacular and beautiful and white sand and emerald water and, and warm water. And, and unfortunately, every single day, if they aren't cleaned up, there's a massive amount of garbage that's strewn all over the beaches. And and you see, it's sad to see, but you see 
garbage from halfway around the world. You see garbage from uh, local. You see garbage from from different parts uh, of the world, and they're all landing on these beaches and absolutely uh, degrading the beaches, obviously. Uh, and if this is what we can see, um, then what can't we not see? Now, a really neat thing about coastline is that it's it's a natural way to grab uh, garbage, and um, and they've come up with a way to start picking up the garbage in the oceanic patches by uh, of garbage in the garbage patches by creating an artificial coastline. So I'll go into that a little bit later. But but in the same way that that our shores grab all the garbage, well, you create a coastline that's floating in the ocean to grab the garbage uh, and take it away. But there was a guy that said he said something along the lines that no country takes responsibility uh, about the, uh, this garbage because uh, for any country to, to take on the massive Herculean task of trying to clean it up on its own, uh, it would bankrupt the country. Um, marine debris can prevent algae and plankton. Um, the photosynthetic producers of the marine food web from receiving enough sunlight to create nutrients. Uh, when these tiny organisms are threatened, the entire food web is put at risk. Um, so basically, if you're all this debris uh, creates like a shade underneath and it doesn't allow the sun to get through and to, to put the nutrients in the water um, that's necessary for for life to grow. And therefore, there's obviously the food chain at which we're at the top and it all gets affected. The albatross, you know, oftentimes you'll find carcasses of them uh, wherever they may may have lain. And as their bodies disintegrate, we see what lighters inside them and plastic caps and all of these things. And it's no wonder that they died uh, so quickly, right? So, so it's, we're doing this on a, on a massive scale uh, to, to our planet, and it's very sad. Now, do remember, this is a, uh, an app that I'm currently doing this podcast on that makes it very interactive. So if anybody wants to call in and uh, chat about uh, their experiences of seeing garbage and uh, perhaps places that they once saw as clean that are not so uh, anymore, do feel free to do so. Um, if not, I will continue on telling you about, unfortunately, all the different places where I've seen uh, the, this pollution and contamination worldwide affect stunning, spectacular places, beginning with the beaches of the Caribbean. Um, so this garbage ends up being strewn all over the beaches in Mexico, and it's very, very sad to see. Uh, and, and every year that we've returned, it's even gotten worse. And there's a thing also on these Caribbean beaches that uh, many will find all over the coastline of the U.S., on the southern U.S. as well, um, and it's called sargasso. Um, and this is a, a seaweed that, uh, that is washing up on all of these shores on, in massive, massive quantities. And uh, the reason it's called uh, sargasso is because it comes from the Sea of Sargasso. Uh, sorry, the Sargassum Sea, I believe it's called. And, um, and this is where this, this, uh, algae, uh, propagates. And what happens though there is that it's, it's in a location that it, it has the conveyor belts of the ocean wrapping around it and going and meandering around it. So what it does is it takes this extremely high growth algae, um, that's terrible for, for marine life and nature as well. And it starts to send it on conveyor belts all over the world. And for the last five or six years, for us visiting 
many destinations that are uh, beach related, you see these mounds of algae on the beaches strewn everywhere like in black and brown blotches. And if they don't get, if you don't pick up the, the sargassum seaweed and you, and you cart it away or you don't dig it into the, the sand, then it becomes a putrid, smelling, disgusting uh, batch of gob uh, that darkens the edge of the water uh, as well. And then it just rots there and sits there. And a lot of people don't know, but, but one of the principal reasons that this algae has propagated so terribly worldwide is because of the chemical runoff that happens all over the world. So imagine you're, you've got a bottle of miracle Grow, and uh, you're a farmer in whichever corner of the planet you may be, and uh, this miracle Grow will, will help you uh, make your plants grow stronger and faster and, and whatnot. Now, the runoff of all of these farms on a massive global industrial scale goes into the oceans, um, and it basically interacts with this algae and makes it miracle, like grow like crazy. Um, and, and to degrees that it would never have uh, without this chemical uh, help to make it uh, be so. So so this algae is also a byproduct of our, our terribly uh, sad species of contamination um, because we're helping it go everywhere. And, and, and of course, it goes full circle that in the same way that the, the massive amount of uh, microplastics and, and foods, uh, not food, sorry, the microplastics and garbage that goes into the ocean that the fish eat as food, that, that then when we eat them ends up in our system, um, it's just a full circle. So the more we affect our planet inadvertently, the more uh, we are affecting ourselves. Um, the massive trawlers that go all over the ocean, and they've got these nets that basically are bottom scrapers. So, so <laughs> it's like trying to fish for a particular species of fish, whatever it may be, uh, and and using a massive backhoe to dig up the whole area around which it would be, including the ground, scrape and drag these nets across the ground looking for these fish, and we're just devastating the ocean floor as well. So it's, to, to be frank, in, in my opinion, it's, it's a very, very slippery, terrible slope that I don't see as being uh, reversible. That being said, we've got some really cool projects in the world going on to try and do things like clean up the garbage patch. And I was mentioning earlier, one of the techniques to pick up the garbage out in the ocean is to create uh, a fake coastline. And basically, two ships uh, take this giant amount of uh, floating coastline um, and buoys, and they, they make a big U-shape. Now, it's a very, very costly endeavor in order to try and... Uh, do this and and to do that project, you know, it's it's it requires significant sums of money. Um, but they've been moving on in the world, and, and a lot of places uh, are starting to use this technique. Uh, it's called the Ocean Cleanup. Um, you can go to oceancleanup.com. Um, and the main thing they're focused on right now is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is between Hawaii and California. In order to stop it, um, they they say yes, we don't. It's not only about cleaning up the garbage. It's obviously uh, stopping people from uh, throwing garbage in the rivers that are upstream in the mountains of Mexico, for example. And then all that garbage that comes down the river into the oceans is a big part of the garbage because you're not only getting the, the garbage that's coming from the coastline, but you get the garbage from, from populations that are way inland and they simply use uh, the conveyor belt of a river to send it to the ocean. So it's a, it's a two-tiered 
uh, effect here that we really have to take uh, on on really fixing this terrible garbage problem uh, worldwide. And and in order to do so, we need to stop polluting as much as we do, but at the same time, uh, do do some ma- massive cleanups. Now, um, the way it works is the circulating currents in the garbage patch move the plastic around, creating natural, ever-shifting hotspots of higher concentration. With the help of computational modeling, they predict where the hotspots are and place the cleanup systems in space. Imagine two tugboats uh, pulling a U-shaped uh, system. Then after they they capture, and, and when they capture, they don't just do it over like, oh, it's a day out on the water, let's capture a big batch and take it back. No, they're out to sea for, I, I believe it's weeks at a time, filling up containers of garbage. And only when all those containers have been filled up, do they start to make their way uh, back to to get this stuff recycled. Um, I think once the system is full, the back of the retention zone is taken aboard, sealed off, detached from the system, and emptied on the vessel. And then they put back the retention zone into the water. But these ships are, you know, five, you know, I'd say probably about a $300 million uh, ship, but I, ah, $300 million probably like a hundred million dollar ship <laughs> required to do uh, this type of cleanup. So obviously it takes a lot of funding and, and support uh, worldwide. They show some uh, some maps, which are really neat um, because they predict what the garbage patch would look like in 2030 without cleanup. Uh, and it's, 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 it's unbelievable. You know, it's, it would take up, uh, it almost looks like seven times the size of the entire Mexican Baja Peninsula without cleanup and with constant cleanup, uh, significantly, significantly smaller. Um, you know, the main reason we clean up plastic is to reduce its negative impact on sea life and protect the ocean. But as with any operation, they always have risks as well. You know, you're, they're doing this in, out in open ocean. Uh, and as many know, seafaring jobs are some of the most dangerous ones. For example, when they have a big storm and, and managing these systems that are obviously cutting edge technologies that they're using, uh, then they can have events that are unexpected and problems as they're doing their cleanup. So I guess so. This this is enough about uh, the garbage patch and the pollution area. If anybody wants to call in, uh, you're more than welcome. Um, I've I'm knowledgeable on it, but not to the up tenth degree. So if there's anybody that has cool information that they'd like to add, or uh, or have experienced. Uh, the the garbage in the in the ocean and how it has killed so much marine life uh, more than welcome that's the really neat thing about this app uh, I had um, uh, Shay Emery booked uh, yesterday and I had to change that to tomorrow at 9:30 a.m. so I invite anybody that's uh, listening now to join us tomorrow morning uh, this gentleman is a um, ex pro football player. He is also an axeman, so he's got a program for throwing axes at uh, at bullseyes uh, for kids and, and for adults as entertainment. Uh, but at the same time, he's big on mental health and mental health awareness, and is sponsored by Bell on uh, Bell Let's Talk. So, so very interesting to to learn all about his life and how he does things. Oh, I've got a caller in here, Yu Yang. Hello, Yu Yang. How are you? Hey, hello, Roberto. Uh, great show. Um, I love the information you've given, the, you know, about this topic. Uh, um, pre- yes. Uh, yeah. This is. I just want to get to my question, actually. Um, yep. When I when I hear you talk about, you know, uh, this ocean cleanup and this how the the the, the plastic is just kind of like 
basically break it down into these pellets and it becomes yeah. this like kind of like a soup, you know? Yep. Uh, it all sounds uh, pretty depressing, I have to say. <laughs> it does very, very much so. I can't say I cannot say that I'm greatly optimistic at the effect <laughs> humanity will have. But yes, yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And and I appreciate you because you're you're speaking the truth. You know, you're not yeah. trying to sugarcoat it, right? Um, but I'm, I'm I I just want to kind of ask you though, um, the optimism, right? Um, because. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm always kind of a little bit uh, not not you personally, but uh, yeah. I'm always a little bit aware of kind of like doomsday kind of scenarios. You know, yeah. like uh, you know, in the future we're gonna be in trouble or it's gonna be over, right? Um, just speaking as like you know as truthfully as possible, like what what do you think will happen? You know, uh, assuming that there's no doomsday scenario, like because you talk about cleanup, are, are there, what do you think <sighs> will, will happen to, to this? Right, I, I think that. Um kind of like the pandemic it's only when we reach an absolute wall that humanity looks for a way to get around whatever the obstacle may be so so long as perhaps people you know not to be morbid in this regard but so long as people still have their sushi on their plates and uh they're still able to uh swim in certain oceans and uh play in the ocean and and whatever it may be i don't think uh, that for the majority of people in the world, it's just out of sight, out of mind. So what I do think is perhaps if one of these garbage patches was to hit the coastline of California or or something drastic was to happen that has to be to a significant degree, uh, that unfortunately in a sad way, that's when humanity tries to do something about it. And oftentimes it is uh, too late. So... It, you know, it has been very, very sad for me to travel all over the world and constantly see so many wonderful places degrade into uh, garbage spots where people just don't clean up or the effect of too many people visiting and not enough people doing it responsibly go. So so I don't it's not I, I would say it's not a doomsday uh, scenario, uh, more so that eventually we the problem becomes so significant that uh, that humanity as a whole comes together uh, to try and do something uh, about it. But uh, but unfortunately, while this cleanup project uh, is super neat, um, I think it would take uh, something significant. Perhaps that would affect the stock markets. That would make the the world uh, wake up. To, to what's going on. Also, a lot of people I find uh, aren't educated about what's happening in the world. And a lot of people that live in big cities and, and communities around the world don't have any concept about how bad uh, the scenario of pollution and, and contamination is getting. Um, but it, it, is, it is tragic. Uh, you know, I, I was in Mexico uh, not long ago and I'm driving and I see some object just flying straight towards me while I'm going 100 kilometers an hour with my whole family in the car. And uh, and it was somebody throwing out their McDonald's from the window of the car. So things in, in Canada, we don't see things like that uh, anymore, uh, gladly so. But in places uh, where the education level is much lower, we see that in plenty. And, and unfortunately, without education, uh, I don't see us making a massive turnaround. So I hope that answers your question there, no, you great, great answer. I couldn't have answered it any better. And uh, I feel a lot more optimistic now. I, I don't think <laughs> I'm anymore. Well, I think we eventually, we, we eventually have to wake up. We eventually have yeah. to do some, something about uh, these things. But it only the world tends to do things when it changes their life. It affects their lifestyle. 
I agree. You know, I'll, I'll go on this last point. I agree with what you said about the sushi. Uh, once uh, it impacts our ability to eat sushi, then everybody is going to start to panic, right? So I yeah, agree. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love sushi, but but again, even even I have I have three little kids. I have a, a five year old, I have a three year old, and I have a six month old. And even I'm consciously aware that a lot of the larger fish, like the tuna, um, you can't eat that much because of all the metals that's in their in their bodies already. So if we go too quickly on, you know, I, already there's a lot of pollution that uh, in our food from what the ocean is it's just not at the point where we stop eating it yet so but i still have to be conscious about these things um because it's just yeah it is just getting worse and it'll be a sad day when sushi is gone <laughs> all right i'll go uh thank thank you uh for taking my uh, car Berto, and great that, thank you. thanks yang nice to meet you take care oh thank you very much that's the whole point of uh of this app you know is having people call in and, and chat and interact i um i really enjoy uh, that part of this app, and and I think uh, you will too. Um, a few other spots where where we've encountered some some terrible uh, contamination and pollution. Uh, we were sponsored to go to Australia and scuba dive uh, the second largest uh, barrier reef in the world, right? And um, and we were we were out uh, on on this boat that took us quite far away from from the shoreline. Um, and and when we're we're diving, we see so much and so so many different types of plastics floating around in the water, and and it's kind of weird because it's almost when you don't focus your eyes on the littlest things, you don't see anything, but then as you focus. And you'll see a tiny little piece of plastic bag. That's one of the ones that I see most frequently floating right right in front of you. And then you realize this on a macro scale that as you're looking out, it's thousands upon thousands. And, and even that number is too low. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, then... Um, then you're you're baffled by seeing it because it's it boggles the mind because it's not thousands it's probably millions and trillions of microplastics floating everywhere, and it really made us um, seeing so much garbage, seeing the coral reefs bleached, um, made us go from enjoying underwater activity to switching to above water activities, and uh, and now I'm an avid kite surfer. Um, because I found that under the sea, so much that we used to see, pun not intended, is not there uh, anymore. Another spot that is high, high, high on my bucket list for anybody to go visit is uh, the Blue Hole in Belize. Now, it's it's a, a sinkhole that's off the coastline of Belize that's, that's a spectacular hue of blue, and, and I don't believe they know how deep it goes yet, but it's it's one of the natural wonders of of the americas in in my opinion and uh as you're going i went down to 131 feet and for a few days after that my computer was telling me ah you <laughs> you could die <laughs> just keep keep that in mind <laughs> um so but i spent a good chunk of time down there and it was one of the most um zenful and meditative experiences that I've had to be in this blue hole. Uh, and I saw a giant grouper fish swimming around me uh, as I was down at pretty depths. And I was getting a little bit of narcosis. I was starting to be like, ooh, look, pretty little fish. You know, at certain depths, your your mind starts to uh, to play differently as it has less oxygen going into into your blood. And uh, and that at that point, I was like, okay, Robert, I've gone down too deep. Uh, I better head up. But I remember that after being in this like dreamy state, 
down there at 131 feet. Uh, as I'm heading up, uh, my bubble was burst by seeing the microplastics uh, just floating around this magnificent place. And they seemed so out of place, you know, truly something that that in a place of such beauty and wonder should not be there. And yet it was everywhere. Um, and, it's, and it's something that stuck with me in my mind for for many years because that trip was, was many years ago. So uh, obviously you've seen the massive oil spills. And, and when I told um, Yu Yang that, uh, that I believe it, it would take a catastrophic event uh, in the oceans to make the world wake up and do something about it, I even say that um, with a grain of salt because how many spectacularly large oil spills have we seen uh, happen off the coast of Florida and off the coast of California and deep sea rigs and Alaskan rigs um, just spew um, hundreds, if not thousands of uh, tons of oil into the ocean, and yet the world has not reacted. Um, so, And those are incredibly damaging events to, to all of these ecosystems. So I hope it doesn't take um, something that's tenfold or hundredfold these events to make our world wake up to what's going on around us. Um, when I was hiking in China and Tibet, I did this, this, this three, 400 kilometer, 340 kilometer uh, trek on the border of China and Tibet. And the people would take their, their tea, their water for their tea from the water and the, the river outside of their homes. And the, the rivers were just disgustingly filled with anything from tampons to garbage to, um, and then this is the water, to, to feces, to, this is the water they would take, they would boil it. Sure, yes, you kill most things with boiling it, but it wasn't enough to convince me to drink it. And I, I ended up being this, this few weeks just eating this little <laughs> yogurts um, that they sell over there because I was horrified. And, and it's... It's education, right? And, uh, and these parts of the world, they throw the garbage out the window, uh, just as uh, he, you know most of society did a few hundred years ago. Um, so there we go. I think uh, I think I'll stop being so so down about uh, the the terrible situation our our oceans are in. But uh, but I thought it would. Sometimes it's good to to bring up the not so fun stuff, um, and and hopefully wake up a few people to being more aware about what's going on out to sea and that even if it's out of mind, uh, out of sight, it should not be out of mind. Um, but uh, cool projects going on around the world to help clean these things up. Uh, but, but I'm quite confident it takes a twofold approach of us not being so uh, polluting at the same time as doing these projects. I'm Roberto for The Expeditioners. Please join me tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. as I'm uh, chatting with uh, Shay Emery um, all about his extraordinary life and uh, looking forward to that. Wishing you all a wonderful day. Coming to you from Whistler, British Columbia. Expeditioner, out. <laughs>